1: Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week. My name is Cameron Bell. I'm your host as always. And I'm very delighted to be joined by my very good friend from overseas, Mr. Andrew Barnett. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, have you got over last Saturday's defeat uh, at their place yet?
2: Well, you have to really. Uh, good evening, Cammy. by the way. Uh, good evening, listeners as well. Yeah, you have to really get over it. It's It's not a... It's never nice losing to them at any place, but given where we are and the season we've had, which seems to be a lot of transition, as I'm sure we'll get into in this pod, we've got no choice but to move on and look forward to, to the next game. It's it's a pain in the arse and I really felt that there was an opportunity missed again against them in the league, but um, it seems to be a running theme. And I, this is the thing I don't want to happen. I don't want it to get to the stage where we go and it's like, oh, well, we expect to get beaten and we don't feel gutted afterwards. We should feel gutted because that tells us that we uh, uh, have more higher expectations for this team. But uh, yeah, already starting to look forward to the weekend.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think, I mean, listen, you know, we're not going to kid people on in this, right? Anyone who's listened to our podcast before will know that we we tend to provide a, a dose of the truth. We won't really hide away from being able just to, to soft-soap the idea of where we're at. I think that, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, particularly confident Andy going into uh, the Old fun game about being able to to win the league. I am um, far less so now because I think it's it's all done and dusted now for sure. But we still have a, a number of games that we have to play. We obviously have our remaining focus now on the Scottish Cup semi-final and, and the build-up to that, etc. Um, for me, there's still football to be played, which I think we can make worthwhile. Um, but listen, let's not kid ourselves. We are very, very much now solely thinking about the Scottish, the, the Scottish Cup semi-final and then whatever next season will bring I'll bring out the cliche now Andy, it's going to be a big summer for Rangers
2: It really is Listen, I think when Michael Bale arrived he had, if you like uh, objective uh, for me and I think most fans were on the same page we felt that the league was gone already when he arrived, it was nine points it was never going to be uh, easy from that point on, even though there were three old firm games, two of them Um, at home. With that said, it was always a case of try to win one of the Cups and get at least a victory, if not a better head-to-head in the remaining old firm games. Now, we can still achieve that, uh, but that it it all Really, really relies on on the the old firm semi final now. The league really doesn't matter at this stage now. It's gone. Uh, we want to beat them at Ibrox, but that will be a dead rubber. We expect by the time we get to that. So it really is all about the semi final. Uh, so Bill could really uh, attempt to reach those objectives. I think that he was set. Uh, he was also set with trying to turn the fortunes of the team around, getting them playing good football, um, get them winning the fans back on side, scoring goals, trying to concede less. And I think to be fair, he has done that. Uh, but what we're now seeing and has been spoken on the network is uh, is those fine margins at both ends of the pitch. We've tried to fix the midfield. I think we're doing well with that. But we can clearly see that the gaps now are are in that final little bit of quality. Because I, I, I don't know about you, Cammy, I did watch the game back and I actually thought, having watched it back, we did quite well in large parts of the game. We contained Celtic. People talk about, well, they had a bad day. We made them have a bad day by playing a, 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 a way and a t- tactical way that... Uh, weakened them in all areas of the park and we just lost out on that bit of quality so I think once we get that and we should do in the summer if we can buy three, four quality players spine of the team I think we will be okay uh, but meantime, yeah, we can't look too far ahead because to lose the, the semi-final really is un- unthinkable but it, it's likely based on, on what we've seen so far so it's it's hard at the moment
1: Yeah, and, and that leads us on really nicely Andy to... Um, the one of the main talking points really across the, the, the course of this week, which is uh that Ross Wilson um is being mooted with a move to Nottingham Forest. That this may be old news folks by the time that this comes to publish, uh Wilson may be away. But Andy, I want to take some time to be able to try and talk a little bit around Ross Wilson. He's obviously come under um a lot of scrutiny um and and that has been uh I think, you know, across the board, whether or not it's been on various social media platforms. We've obviously spoken about it at length on on the Heart and Hand podcast network. Um, And it's now starting to come from the stands and you've seen protests uh, from the fans regarding um, Ross Wilson and Stuart Robertson. But uh, Nottingham Forest and he was a club that he was linked with, I think that it started to gain quite a bit of traction. There was an initial rumour, which I think most people didn't believe, then uh, the athletic uh, released a report which I think was pretty close to Knott's Forest saying that you know they were interested in it they've just sacked their director of football um and, and ross wilson was 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 favorite to take over. so as I say by the time that this comes to air this may have already happened but Andy, let's talk a little bit around around ross wilson and, and, and probably try and see what we can do to give a fair account of what he's done And now the reason why I mention that right is because, I've criticised them before. Um, I think I think you and I have spoken about it before as well, actually. The challenge that I think Ross Wilson will have, like any you know anyone within that position of recruitment slash director of football slash sporting director, whatever title you want to put on it, is that we have to follow the model that ultimately recruitment has to be bang on the money. And I think that that's the largest part of where we've seen criticism put towards Ross Wilson. We also need to make sure that we try and follow a model of being able to buy low, sell high, which is great because you know if you can make you know Calvin Bassey-esque profits off of a player, brilliant, because that's exactly what you want. The challenge with that, however, is that if you are winning the trophies, um, you are then going to have to start to rip up some of that team. And we have been culpable, Andy, of not doing that in the past after the 55 season. Maybe that was, on hindsight, the best time to be able to try and consider that. It is a tough gig, right? Ross Wilson does have my sympathy. I, I'm, I, as I say, I've criticised him before, so I'm, I'm not jumping into a fan club that I'm not already, you know, that, that that I don't think exists. But what I will say is, there has to be a degree of level-headed assessment, and that can be tough to do as a fan. And I think that that's where uh, we need to be able to look at the entire picture and obviously what's happened. We also need to think about if he does go, or you know, that that that's certainly in the pipeline. You know, we have to think about how do we replace them? Do we restructure what happens? It, it, it's a big question, I think, Andy, in terms of what we do following a Ross Wilson departure.
2: Yes, I mean, there's a lot to, to unpack there. First of all, um I'll answer what you're saying about Ross Wilson's remit, what his remit is. Now, in any in any job, you're never going to get all the hiring right, especially if you're a director and you've got to hire department heads for example and you will make good hires and you'll make some bad hires and that isn't any different when it comes to football uh, so but understanding what what Wilson's remit is I think is is, has been a challenge for a lot of Rangers fans. You know, when when there's a problem with the ticket office website, that's not Ross Wilson's fault. Uh, most people, level-headed people, will know that. But given that there's a lot of anger and a lot of unrest with things going on on the field, uh, when there's things off the field, we tend to try to look at people to blame. Uh, Wilson's job, obviously, as you said, as sporting director, director of football, was to get the player-train model up and running, to get a successful team on the pitch. Um, um, amongst other things, getting the scouting right and uh, ultimately making a profit for the club. And he has done that to a certain extent. And we have to, if you're going to criticise Wilson for the things that he got wrong, and there's a lot of them, for example, if he's in charge, I don't know if it is his remit, this is the thing, I don't know, the medical department seems to be failing, and it should have been upgraded a significant amount of time ago. And if we're going to criticise him for some of the transfer dealings, and we can look at, players that we've brought in, like Robbie Matondo, that just hasn't worked out, uh, and many, many others there, then we also have to commend him when he has done a good job, like you said correctly, the Calvin Bassey transfer, we did very well out of that, Nathan Patterson selling him when we did uh, Arivo, uh, amongst others, and some of the bargain players that we have brought on that have been successful, that we still can make a profit on, and bringing in the likes of Raskin and Cantwell, so there, ha- there is a balance, we have to be fair to him. I think where most Rangers fans you know feel that the the problem with ross wilson is is that there's no progression on the field there's been a regression on the field we didn't recycle this team quick enough for whatever reason perhaps the money wasn't there to do so you know we're were constantly working in in losses so now we're, we're working in a profit people expect us to go and spend 20 30 million that just isn't there so we have to be shrewd in how we go about our transfer business and that's where i think ross wilson has has slipped up significantly. I think there are a lot of untapped markets that we could have done better with. We could have sold the likes of Kamara and Barisic and Alfie and possibly Kent some time ago. But he's damned if he does and he's damned if he doesn't. Because if we'd sold Kent two years ago uh, and Morelos two years ago, then we wouldn't have had the run to Seville and fans wouldn't have wanted to miss that. We could have brought in other people. So we're never going to make everybody satisfied. But I think what happens now, this is to, to your second point, is... It's critical. It's a critical stage now for Rangers where we bring in either somebody to replace Ross Wilson who has fresher ideas, bigger scouting network, uh, wants to upgrade the medical department, whatever it is that's in his remit, or do we restructure and do without this position altogether and actually have more departments? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know what's best for the club, but it's something that I think Stuart Robertson and the board will have to really get. I think this decision is every bit as important as... Uh, any other like uh, in a club getting the structure right because we are now at a stage where the next five years is all we can really look at uh, and that that rebuild and that sort of recycling starts now so yeah I mean that's my take on it personally I'm not a huge fan of of what Ross Wilson has managed to do in terms of on the field I think he has failed in about 65%, maybe two-thirds of the transfer business, Cami. That's just my take. I think there's been a lot of disappointing transfers and a lot of players kept at the club too long. But I will concede that I don't know his job inside out. And I'm sure when he walks away, he'll look at it as being relatively successful.
1: Yeah, listen, I think that's fair. I think there's also the 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 challenge around that we have to... We have to consider the fact that, you know, as you mentioned there, Ross Wilson is not responsible for players getting injured. Ross Wilson is not responsible for players not being able to settle in. These things are, I think, you know, very quickly forgotten. Yeah. Whenever we talk about, uh, you know, players not being able to hit the ground running. And I think the. Certainly within my lifetime of us moving into a director of football model, which we've tried before, Andy, right, as well you know, because, you know, you'll you remember the, the the attempts that we've had of it in the past. And I think sometimes what we've tried to do is we've tried to adopt a, a mainland European ethos of a director of football. And within Britain, I just don't know how well it translates, right? And that that's an incredibly simplistic view of how we've probably seen it. Um, I think that the challenge can be there about being able to, as you rightly say, about the recruitment aspect of it, what the scouting network is. There's been changes to our scouting setup over the last number of years. And we haven't really been told the detail of those changes. So has that impacted Ross Wilson's hand? I I would probably venture a guess that it has. So there's all of these different variables that come into it. and, And I think that, if you're if you are a fan, a football fan who thinks that you know been able to run a football operation, get the recruitment right, get the uh, the fitness right, been able to get the style of play right, and all that, and you think that that is just uh, based on facts, you're kidding yourself because it just doesn't exist like that, right? You will always have uncontrollable variables, unforeseen variables that come in as part of that. What's interesting to me, Andy, is the timing of this. Um, And again, I used the cliche before and, you know, if I had a pound for every single time I heard the Rangers fans say this over the last number of years, you know, you and I would probably be sitting doing this face-to-face in holiday because it is another big summer for Rangers. We have to be able to get it right. You touched on the point there that, you know, being able to get someone in who might have to control this, that might have to be the remit of whoever replaces Ross Wilson is. Recruitment is critical do you feel it's better for that to happen now? Or do we almost hold these feet to the fire and say, look, we're at the tail end of the season. We know that there's a, there's, a, there's a lot of work has to be done here. You can go to Forest, but we would prefer you to go at the beginning of next season or midway through the summer window when all of our business has been conducted and concluded and then you can move. Or is it a case of go now. If we've got targets in range, then we'll go after those targets.
2: Well, that's it. It, it's, it can either go one of two ways. There's two ways to think about it. I think you, you outlined them both. First of all, maybe, maybe he has. Him and Michael Beale have already got all the players. I mean, there's a lot of talk that's come out of them that they have identified five or six key players and they've already uh, got a head start on all of that. So perhaps the work is done. And in which case, if it is, then he can go now. But the other way to look at it is perhaps if he leaves now and you get somebody fresher in to change uh, and maybe nothing has actually been done that we've not signed anybody or, or had those early conversations yet with players and agents and and other scouts. Uh, and somebody else, somebody new, comes in and says, "You know what? Let's change this. Let's let's look elsewhere. Let's look at a different way of doing things." And may, maybe that's a, the right way to go about it as well. I'd like to think that, and there's certainly a lot of chat about it that there there are players already that are in the process of of a transfer, whether that's out of contract or that we're paying a fee for. And I'd like to think that Wilson, when he does leave, whether it's now or at the end of the season, but it looks like it's going to be now, that those deals are all but concluded. In other words, we wait for the season to finish and then they come and they sign. And that he, he has done his work. But if not, then I also I think, I think either way he has to leave now. I, I don't think it makes sense. If he's if he's going to another job, then he, he should leave now. I don't see how that should be any different from a manager in all honesty. But that's, again, that's just me.
1: Yeah, listen, I I think that makes sense. I think that what we then have to do, right, and I think this has been a key point for Rangers, and especially across the course of of the last few months for sure, that would it hurt Rangers, in my opinion, Andy, to communicate the expectations a little bit better? And what will be interesting is, because I do think this, that some, some fans will start to, to think about season ticket renewals, my gels renewals, because it's incredibly tough to be able to do that when you are theoretically coming out the arse end of a trophyless season, and you use the word regression before I couldn't agree more with that that term because there has been circumstances where we've seen um, you know a, a malaise within the team. We've 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 covered that often enough in terms of throughout the course of this season. That what we need to be able to do is bring in someone who can come in to deal with that, but when do we start that level of recruitment or do we just deal with it internally? And I, I think Rangers fans, whilst we're incredibly passionate and sometimes can be, you know, be naive, let's let's call it for what it is, we're also smart enough to realise that if we were to be told a message that, you know, we are in the process of recruiting a replacement for say a sport director, head of recruitment, however you want to term it. But until that person is in place, that will not stop us going through our recruitment processes for whatever players or targets that we have in mind. So we are going to continue to build towards season 23-24. This won't stop us from doing that. And Rangers can just come out and be transparent with that. And that's where I think fans get frustrated. That's where I think that you've mentioned there, you're not too sure the remit, the parameters that Ross Wilson has to work in. Fans aren't so daft that they wouldn't be able to understand that if you made that easy to 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 comprehend and just Rangers just feel at times that it, they, they want to make that more difficult than it is by not being so transparent with it.
2: Absolutely right. I think we, you, you've nailed it with that. we should hear from the club uh, you know we heard this from like you said sources that we initially thought were not uh, reliable at first and of course that tends to happen. And perhaps the club are biding their time, but absolutely they should be communicating to the fans. If they get any common sense, they will be to ensure that we do buy season tickets. I mean, listen, we know we will sell season tickets because we're Rangers, we're loyal to the cause, we're loyal to our club. But really, we should know. I, I think it's only fair to offer uh, to your your if you if you want to treat us like customers and not fans, then you should absolutely be giving us the best customer service possible, and that is outlining what we are expecting to get for our money and from a fan's point of view from an emotional perspective again it's 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 the same tell us this is what's happening we've got somebody else in mind or we've got all our deals planned we're working on various transfers don't worry we're we're going to be there and and at least if that doesn't work out we know that we, we we can shout and scream at them but maybe that's why they're not doing it maybe they're covering their own arses cam it's something that and I'm not anti-board at all, I'm very pro-board, but the biggest criticism that this board has, in my view, is communication and it has been the case for the last, I think, half a dozen years. At the beginning it was all very positive and exciting because what we came out of pri- prior to that. Now, I think the, their biggest weakness is the lack of communication and fans can very easily uh, mobilize together and jump on a bad wagon and, and all of a sudden, as you've seen with the, the banners at the, at the games about uh, Wilson and about Robertson, and then it can, it can steamroll and it can it can it can pick up a lot of pace as it goes, and I, and I don't want that. I don't think we want that as fans. We don't want it to be a, a case where our infighting happens again. Let's t- tell us what's happening. Tell us what's going on. Make us feel excited that we have got a good summer to look forward to with new players, new people coming in at the scouting department, medical department, whatever, and that next year we are going to compete because we cannot afford to have another summer of. Poor signings, late signings, lack of activity and then starting the season off slowly uh, and then uh, having to look for a new manager because it it hasn't worked out. We just can't afford to do that again. We can't afford to keep doing it. We need to have a long term vision. So tell us what that vision is, please. And then the fans can get behind it. I 100% agree with you there.
1: Yeah, and, and I think, as I say, do that. Lay a lay a roadmap in place in terms of where we're looking to be able to try and get to, because I think part of that frustration will feel like as if we've been pretty rudderless across the course of the last the last couple of seasons. It's fine to be able to say that you will bring players in, you will bring signing in, and, and and what we are looking to be able to do, but you know we've had a number of managers now under Michael Beale, um, and it's going to be offset against you know the silverware, and that that hasn't been anywhere near what we wanted to get. And I think for me the most important thing now is for Rangers to be able to try and focus on that. If we have to replace Ross Wilson, then okay, fine. Then it's 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 on our near chairman um and, and and the board to be able to then get that into play. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens next within that regard. So yeah, I think you know, it, it's very important for Rangers to ensure that every step within this process of being able to build towards next season starting in the way it has to we're laying the foundations for that well, right now and and i think that's. if fair. it's
2: not transparent if it's not transparent Cammy, we fill the vacuum social media fills the vacuum and that's what we don't want so yeah tell us be transparent be clear with us let us know what's happening one way or another and then that way we can stop all the nonsense surrounding it but uh, yeah interesting times ahead that's for sure
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, let's talk about uh, obviously the next step in that chapter which is our game at home on Saturday against St Mirren. So there's obviously, it's that double-edged sword, Andy, as we kind of spoke about there. We beat Celtic at Parkhead. Everybody's on a high. We've cut the gap down to to, to nine points. Um, Everyone's absolutely loving it. Uh, Not the way it turned out. It's going to be pretty important for me to say that I think that the I think that the crowd on Saturday will be supportive of the team, right? Because I think that whilst we're frustrated, we are seeing better performances against Celtic. But the most important thing for us now is to be able to try and get this team into a decent shape for um, the Scottish Cup semi-final. I, I don't know your thoughts if you now want to be able to use this, uh, these remaining league games in the build-up to that to look about, uh, is this a new opportunity for a new shape? Is this, a, is this an experiment that we can get into? One of the things that that I'm really keen to get your thoughts on, Andy, is is Alfredo Morelos and his inclusion within that, because I've mentioned in the past, I'm not really too sure what we're doing with Morelos. Um, I think most people I speak to now are, are, are of the same opinion, that they want, to see Alfredo Morelos leave Ibrox in the summer, they don't believe that the wee contract is worth it now. I'm fairly sure you're very much in that space as well. I am, yeah. So I don't really know what the value is and in terms of us continuing to play him. I don't think he really kicked his own arse that that much against Celtic at Parkhead. What we're going to get out of him a semi-final hand, I don't know. Is this us now potentially bringing Cholak into the fold and getting some minutes behind him and getting his confidence up? Maybe getting some goals. Who knows what what could happen? But is, it, it feels yeah. like we're in that really weird space.
2: Yeah, I have to say I'm not sure why Michael Beale is persisting with him if he is going to leave, and all the noises are that he is going to leave. Uh. I'd I think it's a very small minority now of Rangers fans that would would keep him. I don't know what Morelos offers us. Now, the, the argument prior to him playing ahead of, of Cholak was that Morelos would offer us a bit more. Like his movement is bringing opponents, eh, dragging them out and, and, and bullying them and bringing other players in, in our team into play. He isn't doing that. He's not doing any of that. He's not scoring goals. I mean, he's had a, a couple here and there, but... Uh, he's, 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 I, I don't know what Morelos actually offers us now. I think the last few months, we've seen very, very little. A, a couple of decent games, and that's it. I, I don't see what a Sakala or even Cholak... Now, Cholak is not great off the ball. He doesn't seem to fit into Michael Beale's system. That's fine. But is it not worth trying at least to see if what he can do in these games? Uh, or play Sakala through the middle? The other one is Ryan Kent. If... Kent, I think, looks like he's got one eye out the door. His his last few performances have been woeful, I think, and I don't think that's being unfair. I thought he was the worst player on the park at the weekend, and that's saying something. When you when you when you look at how poor some Rangers performances have been, uh, what's the point in playing these guys? You know, and again, the, the argument will be, well, we've got the semi final to look to. We've got these guys are going to play. Why? What do they give us? What is Kent giving us? He had one great moment against Celtic in three years. To, well, certainly since we won the league two 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 and a half years uh, the same for Morelos, done nothing why not play other players why not get Sakala and, and I mean, what can they do any worse I don't think so, it doesn't feel to me like they can, also to answer your other question, like, would we look at maybe changing a system, trying to bring in guys like Alex Lowry um, and maybe give Divine some game time hopefully Ro- Robbie McCrory against the goalkeepers another big issue, I think this is the time to do it now, the league is done and why not try out other players who haven't let us down? This group of players has let us down more often than not. And I don't know what they, they've they done to deserve to to keep their place. And if you can't use these opportunities now to give other players a chance, these squad players, then then when can we? You know, maybe Michael Beale has absolutely no faith in the likes of McCrory and Lowry and Sakala and Cholak. And if that's the case, well, then we've got maybe bigger problems than we first realised because... If they're not in the plans, then we'll be having a major, major clear out this summer, not just a a kind of half clear out that we expected. So, yeah, I want to see these guys given a a game because I think that they deserve it. And I think the players who have been playing CAMI do not. And that's, I think, a bigger worry. You know, these guys haven't worked hard enough to keep their place in the team. Despite winning a lot of games in the league, it's been. I think, through good performances from other players around the park and the, the input from the likes of Raskin and Cantwell and Tav's consistency, Barisic's improvement. I think these are the guys that have helped drag us forward. Sakala is another one that when he's come in, he seems to have done quite well. But the other players that have been there for some time, and I include Kamara now and Lundstrom, I wouldn't play them at all. I just If they're going to leave, don't play them. Just, you know it's not worth it but I understand why some people say well if we're paying them a wage we might as well use them but not if they're not going to contribute
1: well I mean this is the thing because let's face it and and you know as much as I hate to say because no one wants to sit here and hear this phrase but we we pretty much have 90 to 120 minutes worth of competitive football left across the course of this season now and I think that you are right I think that there's a question that has to be asked about some of the players where they are um attitude has been where they're at mentally. Um I, I know that I think Tess and I spoke last week about um on one of the pods on the network about, you know, if you were to get rid of six players, who would they be? And, and and he and I came to not far off the kind of same group of players, but that's still a major change. That's still a lot of personnel. And whilst you might be talking about, okay, well, you know, give those guys that you've just mentioned, so the McCrory's, the Lowry's, etc., a chance, those guys You've got a very small number of games to be able to let them bed into a team before they then face that semi-final. And then that's where I think the, the manager will go back to you know, the the, the regular personnel from, from within that, that space as well. I think St Mirren, for me, whether or not he changes the personnel would be interesting. I think what he might do, Andy, or what he's kind of flirted with the doing that we saw against Dundee United is look at the shape. He wants to be able to try and play in a certain way. What will be interesting, though, is I'm fairly certain that that shape very much centred around what he wanted to do with a defence that featured Conor Goldson. And at the moment in time, I think the 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 current understanding is that Goldson will not feature against him on Saturday. That does change the optic for sure.
2: Yeah, uh, I think in order to get the best out of... Some of this players, a, a, a formational change is probably worthwhile, but we are restricted if Goldson's not not available. You know, we only have really two centre defenders. If you, you know, Leon King still out, you can maybe bring Lundstrom back. I don't know. But I think what we can all safely agree and is that our most potent output is still Tav, and he's the fullback. And he, I think maybe to get more out of him, you want to have... A more cover at the back, so a three at the back type thing could work, and then the likes of Tav and either Barisic or hopefully Yilmaz will give us a you know continue to give us this threat because that's where Tav is is best. That's what he does so well for us, Um and I think maybe the affirmational change it's now's the time to try it. Why not? Why why do we need four at the back uh, for most of these Scottish games again? But the challenge then is that when we come up against Celtic and we go into Europe next year. We might not be able to get away with that, so maybe that it maybe it may it's definitely worth experimenting uh, with. Um, I don't know how how he can possibly do it without Goldson, uh, because I wouldn't trust Lundstrom to play that role. And, and as I say, I don't think we have any other central defenders other than Suter and Davis, so um, I mean, not available at the moment. So yeah, I think I don't see him changing it too much. He might experiment for parts of the game, but I don't think I don't think it'll be for a full ninety minutes. We'll see three at the back. I have to say.
1: And I, and I I do want to touch on John Souter um, on that for just a moment as well, because a horrendous mistake at, at Parkhead, Mandy, right? Let's not take anything away from it. I, I do understand what he was trying to do in terms of just being able to try and play a relatively simple pass back to the goalkeeper. I know that um, there's been obviously a lot of focus in the fact that Al McGregor is not sprightly, but... The angle of that pass back, I think, would have made it difficult for any keeper to be able to chew up the ground before Jota eventually linked onto the ball. And we all saw what happened. So, you know, a poor mistake. There's a point to this where I think that we need to consider... I, I would have I would have kept John Suter involved even if Connor Goldson was fit. Very simply for the reason that I would like him to be able to try and get time in. He's, he's had a poor start to his, his time at Rangers because of injury. Um, I'm sure that, that that mistake at Parkhead has absolutely impacted his confidence. We need to be responsible for being able to try and rebuild that because we're gonna to have to rely on him for next year. He was brought in for a reason, right? Which I think is the most simplistic way I can say it. I want to be able to try and give him more game time and give him that. Even though I could totally understand some fans saying nah, I would I would keep him out just now. He doesn't deserve to come in and get a starting berth. Goldson's injury almost certainly means that he starts by default. Even if Goldson is fit, right? Let's just hope for a a minute, uh, you know, in our wildest dreams that Conor Goldson is fit to play on Saturday. For me, I would still like to see John Suter involved at some point just purely to to, to allow him that chance to um, do what he can to recover from that mistake, but just to get some time in 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 first-team football and competitive matches.
2: Yeah, listen, I thought you actually had a not a bad game up until that mistake. But this is the difference—it's those fine margins. It was the same with Ben Davis; he'd had an okay game. They'd, I thought they'd they'd managed um, the Celtic front line fairly well. Uh, they, 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 you know, of course, Kyogo—you give him time in the box; he's going to score as he did. But it, it was our own our own mistakes that cost that. John Souter's a good defender; he's a very able. Solid Scottish defender, but he's also a good footballer, Cammy. He, he knows how to, to pass the ball out, to bring the ball out. I think he does offer us quite a lot. Um, and I think without Goldson, he will start. But he, yeah, he's I think he's he's somebody that we have to try to trust and build up. The other thing I was going to say was um, the thing with Goldson and, and these injuries, it just seems to be that we have key injuries at the worst possible moments throughout this season. Right at the start, it was it was Tom Lawrence, just as he was kicking into gear, injured. Ben Davis injured. Yilmaz, he's got a few games under his belt, injured. Uh, Goldson has been very consistent, injured. You know, it's and it seems to have been at key moments throughout the season. Uh, Raskin again was out for a little bit. You just hope that you know next season that we we maybe get a bit better luck with that because it's it has been at key moments if you look throughout this season. Um okay, Hadji was out for the whole year, Hellander roof, we know about, but to the players that have come in and that were in the squad, it has been at key moments that has and it's cost us and disrupted our setup significantly. So that's definitely something that if it does change next year, we'll, we'll have a huge impact on the team. But Suter for me, I think he he has got something to offer. I wouldn't think he's going to be first choice. I'd like to see a sign one, maybe two centre backs in the summer, especially with Hellander leaving. Um so, but I think as a maybe a third choice or a guy who could play in a back three, I think I think he'll be fine, particularly in the in games in the in the SPFL.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I think as I say, what he needs is a consistency of of as you mentioned there, the the run All of games. games. Yeah, yeah be able to try and get into it and and it's just you know as much as I hate to say it, it it's just our luck that we would throw him in a game at Parkhead, which let's face it, he was not going to be playing and had. Uh, Connor Goldson been been fit, and then and I, I agree with you by the way. I think that's totally right about uh, you know how well he played because I actually didn't think he looked out of place. I genuinely didn't. The challenge though <laughs> with that is even when you're playing really well and then you make such a pivotal mistake, sometimes that hurts twice as much. And I think that that's yeah. where um, again it's it's really important I think for us to be able to support him in the right way get him out of, of any challenging mindset that he might have around whether or not he can he can participate within that and and use that as an opportunity because you talk about luck, that's just his luck. Do you know what I mean? That's what happens to us and that's what's happened, I think, in pretty much most positions throughout the team across the course of this season. I don't think I'm alone in saying Andy that, you know the the sooner this season is done, the better. Ugh.
2: Yeah, and and something else as well and McGregor, although it wasn't his fault, he, ha- he has to take a little bit of responsibility. Well, it's not him, it's the club, because we have a 41-year-old goalkeeper that's never been able to run playing that position. I think John Suter will absolutely be fine with a sweeper-keeper behind him. And you see teams, like you watch the way most teams play now. You just saw Man City last night, and I, of course, I know it's a different level. But Ederson plays almost like a, a sweeper for them. Which means that if there's any little mistakes that happen in the back, and they do happen by the way, even the the best defenders in the world can make a a short pass, the keeper is switched on and is almost like another player, another outfield player who can can mop up. And I think if we sign a keeper that does that, I think that those kind of mistakes um, can be covered. Uh, And of course we don't want them to happen in the first place, but you have to... Account for the occasional brain fart. All defenders have them, unfortunately. I seem to have had more than than most. So I think uh, you know another another keeper, and um, he might have got away with that. A faster keeper comes out, clears the ball, boots out the park, and we can forgive him. But yeah, it led to the goal, which ultimately cost us. So uh, and and made us lose the game. So hopefully he will uh, have got over that, and a good solid couple of performances in the next couple of games will. We'll pick his confidence back up. And I think I think the whole team could do with that. You know, it's it's a game, it's done, but what's the what's the point? You've got to you got to move forward. You've got to move forward to the next game. St. Mirren at home. It should be a a, a formality for us winning it. Well, of course we'll probably make it hard for ourselves. But if everybody does the basics right, which is what we didn't do, then we'll come out uh, hopefully with a, a comfortable victory and a few goals and a bit of entertainment to give the, the fans a bit of, of fresh excitement as we as we go to the remaining part of the season.
1: Listen, I think that's totally fair. I think what we need to be able to to try and do is almost treat these next couple of games as as as, as the build up, yeah. To be able to try and get there, get get as you say the confidence up, be able to look at if the mass if the, if the manager wants to make any any tweaks or anything like that to it, then that's fine. Because again, I don't believe it's like Dundee United. I don't believe that the result will ever be in doubt. Um, and maybe as much as no one really wants to be able to to ever get a Rangers team that can concede a league. We know we're all realists, right? We do live in 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 the real world where I think everyone kinda knows where we're where we're now in and where we're the the, the position that we're facing. Most important thing I think for that now Andy is to be able to use these next handful of games, as you say, to build up the confidence, get into a a more consistent space from a from a a team performance perspective. Because we can win games, right? And we have done that under Michael Beale. There is zero doubt to that. But I think that he has he himself has said, and, and we've mentioned a number of times that where we feel the performances could be better, that is confidence, that is um, been able to make sure that that players feel that they are, uh, you know, s- just sweeping teams aside. I want us to be able to try and see how much we can get into that mindset before the trip to Hamden. That's that for me is key.
2: Yeah, I think we have to see a lot more from the front line, whoever plays there, because uh, the, that's the, the, the front four players, if you like, um, are the ones that it, it will excite the crowd, and and we're a fickle crowd, especially at Ibrox, you've got to get fans behind the team early on, and sometimes, you know, 20 minutes, it's nil-nil, it can be hard, away from home, maybe less so, because, you know, it's a different type of experience, you get really more kind of vociferous crowd support back in the team, but at Ibrox, I want the front players to be on the front foot, you know, no pun intended, and go for it, and not have those kind of three on two situations that end up in a slack pass. You know, be clinical, you know, get shots and goal, test the opponents at St Mirren. They'll, you know, they won't be that great at the back, you know. Get and if you can get the fans behind the, behind the team early doors with with you know fluid attacking play. With that front four, then everybody else's job will be a lot easier, and the fans will have a much better experience at the game. But if it's that kind of slack play that sometimes happens, you know, a couple of early flurries don't lead to a goal, and then we slow the game down, and uh, the, we don't counter attack quick enough, and everything else, uh, it, it's it, we know we know what it's going to be like, and we'll win one or two nil, and that's fine. But that's not what Bill wants. He wants to have that perfect performance where we attack with pace. And uh, we're clinical at both uh, in front of goal and uh, when covering at the back. So that's we've got to see that now. I think the the, the players all the fans are, are a good performance. But like you said, it's got to be with a view of, well, we've got the cup semi-final in a couple of weeks. Let's try to get the confidence back up. Let's try to find something that at least gives the fans some belief that when we go into the game uh, against Celtic at Hamden, that we have a chance. I mean, we'll always have a, a puncher's chance, but this is Rangers. We should be, and we showed that we're not a million miles away from but if we can just be that bit more sharp, then then we, we have a real chance of beating them. And that has to start at the weekend.
1: Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. And I think uh, the most important thing for us now is to be able to try and build on that as much as we possibly can. Let's put that defeat at Parkhead behind us because we still have a trophy that we can compete for. So yeah, that'll be very interesting. And as I said, the next step is is beating St Mirren at, at home on Saturday afternoon. Thank you uh, to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee, Mr. Paul Myers. David will be back with you on flagship on Monday, as per usual. Um, a huge thanks uh, to my very special guest this week, Mr. Andy Barnett. And a pleasure as always. Thank you so much for coming on. and um, It's always great to be able to talk to you about all things Rangers.
2: Yeah, thanks very much, Kami. Uh, hopefully we'll get a result this weekend.
1: Absolutely. If you'd like to hear more from Andy, myself, and all of the rest of the gang at Heart and Hand, why not jump over to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash Heart Hand. For only a couple of quid a month, you can get up to five shows a day. So please jump on over and check it out if you haven't already. Thanks so much for your time, folks. We'll speak to you again on Monday. Have a brilliant weekend, and here's to a great performance and three points on Saturday. Thanks all.